Hey everybody, welcome to the Ask LFC Podcast. My name is Harrison, good to be with y'all today. I'm Worship Arts Director here at Lake Forest Huntersville. And hey, this is Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church Huntersville. I lost my voice for the second time in three weeks this week, Harrison, so I'm going to talk low. Nice and very white style, baby. <laughs> this is my winter voice almost every winter. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It is a it is a chilly morning looking out the window here at Gilead Row, but it's good to be together with you all. Um, we want to talk a little bit today, Mike, about church planning. Why right? are we a church planning yeah. church? Um, and that's and why did I lose my voice this week? I yep. gave an hour and a half consultation to another church that wants to become a church planning church. So I'll talk, we'll talk about that and why we plant churches and why it's vital. And I think every medium and large size Christian church ought to be a church planning church. Let's begin it like this, Mike, because I think this could be uh, instructive for some of our podcast listeners. We know that especially over, you know, this, this last year or so, man, we've had a lot of new people that have become a part of the Lake Forest family. Uh, people are starting to get back to church, and we've been seeing a lot. Uh, our Welcome 101 stuff has been out the doors. We have a lot of new people coming on board. So, Mike, could we, could we do a little walk down, a minute or two down down memory lane of, of our own experience as Lake Forest Church, of being a church planning church, our family of churches, and what that um, has looked like for us here because this is a road that you teach people because this is a road you've walked down before. Yeah, we, we well, we planted Lake Forest Church in 1998 thinking that a, a fresh expression of a, a, a Christ-centered church that worships in the verna- the musical vernacular today, the, the, the soul language of people, uh, musically, technologically, that that teaches the Bible in the today's vernacular, like everyday language, um, uh, that there needed to be a fresh expression of the church here in the Lake Norman area as it was starting to grow and so many people moving in. Um, and uh, after starting the church for two years, us and the church that sponsored us originally, Forest Hill Church, we thought the same was needed in Uptown. Uh, young adults were starting. That was the very beginning of the trend to repopulate Uptown in terms of a, a business hub and a residential hub. And so we collaborated with them and planted Warehouse 242, which is a church that's still there. It's several hundred people. Yep. We did the same thing a couple of years later with a church that's called Threshold Church in South Charlotte. Uh, a friend of ours, our first ever youth pastor at Lake Forest Church Huntersville, Gabe Swing is now the senior pastor there. He's been a supported missionary of ours for some years in between. Um, And then in 2010, as our congregation uh, grew to a certain size, we asked the question, are we going to, do we want to feel called to become a mostly regional church and like double or triple our worship auditorium size? Mm -hmm. Um, And our sense was, no, we want to always add some space here. We always need to be able to reach one more person on our campus, and we're working on that right now because we're a little bit out of space here in January. But we wanted to start new churches um, within 20, 30 minute, uh, a 30, 20, 30 minute drive, hyper local to where more people live and their unchurched friends. So we're following Jesus local to where we live and, and doing life with our one more person. So in 2010, we began, began the vision of becoming a a multiplying church, which uh, since we've started Lake Forest Davidson, Lake Forest Westlake, mm-hmm. El Buen Samaritano, and U City, we've become the Lake Forest family of churches, 
uh, we stay connected as family so that we can plant more churches better and faster together. Yeah, and it's actually cool <clears throat> here. Uh, you know, the the exact dates are a, a little bit different between the two, but it's pretty cool that um, here at the beginning, end of January, beginning of February, um, Lake Forest Church Westlake with Pastor <clears throat> Aaron Gibson, they're celebrating their 10-year anniversary, which is kind of crazy, right? And we're going to mark that on Sunday, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah Andrews, here at Huntersville. That's right. Pastor Andrew's uh, teaching, and he's going to talk a little bit about that. And also, uh, Lake Forest U-City with uh, Terrell Huntley is their lead pastor. They're celebrating their second birthday. Isn't and that fun? They grow up so fast. And then <laughs> kids uh, and a partner church of ours. We didn't parent them. They're not in the Lake Forest family, but they're a friendly church. Pastor Byron Davis and Liberation Ministries, or the L as they call themselves, they also will be celebrating their 10th anniversary Sunday. That so we, awesome. we've, we've been privileged to invest in and befriend and parent and partner with some beautifully fresh, creative expressions of the gospel of Jesus Christ that are becoming solid disciple-making communities, mm -hmm. which is the ultimate goal. And I think the cool thing is we've seen this play out, and I know you're going <clears> to— <throat> get into this a little bit more here in a second, Mike, and share a little a little bit about the why we put this together. But it, it is really cool seeing it lived out with both uh, Lake Forest Davidson, who's now become Story Hill Church, and even seeing what's going on with uh, Lake Forest Westlake. Man, these, these have become um, just such unique expressions and are reaching people in ways that us here at Huntersville alone never would. They're... they're they're, uh, when you go over to, to Westlake on a Sunday, I watch their services a lot and it is family, but it's, yeah. it's, it's different expression in a way that's so unique to the target of people that they want to reach. It's just different than we would do if we were a 3000 person mega hub here. And as their example, their 20, 25 minute drive to get to crafty burger over there. And they're further, a little further than that. They're in the middle of the population center and we had a good 100, 150 people driving from there to yep. here yep. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was wonderful. But now they're a church of over 1,000. All the, that many people would not have driven here. A different school district, a different county, different vibe, side of the lake, a worse vibe over there, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, you know, they're out of jealousy, they yeah. would have wanted to worship. I know, right? On the, on the east side of Lake Norman. So, uh, and, and Harrison, it, it just did my heart good. I, I was so full of joy as I went to bed Christmas Eve, and I'm sure that I've given this uh, statistic here on the podcast this year, but uh, not only did we have, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, we had right at, uh, was it 3,000 people? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. At Lake Forest Huntersville on Christmas Eve. But the family of churches had just over 5,000 people. And what was fun to me is I looked back, and in 2010, before we became a church planting church, we had 2,000 people here for Christmas Eve. So over that decade, and again, I'm not counting the COVID years, over that decade, um, we've grown by 1,000 people. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, right, on yeah. Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's wonderful and awesome, and I hope that happens the same or more in the next decade here because Huntersville's still growing. We need to still reach one more person here in our Jerusalem. But the family of churches is has more than doubled there from 2000 and 2010 to 5,000. So that's just joyful. And 
uh, it's not, I mean, on the one hand, it is numbers, and God cares about the numbers. Somebody counted at Pentecost and said, hey, it's about 3,000 people here. Uh, they counted at different times. G- God cares about that. We care about that as every single soul um, being reached or rediscipled or reinvigorated in their walk with Christ. That That's this is why we do it. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Can you come back and remix that song? Yeah, know? yeah. I'll drop yeah. it in. I'll, I'll, I'll auto-tune you a little so it'll sound so really I, nice. So actually, that does bring me to the heart of today's podcast. I do want to talk about why do we do it. This is... Oh, it's that song is There's how two we songs. do it. There's two songs. You know, this is why we do it. That would work, too. Is it? Are you sure? That's or, the song? this is why we do it. There's two There's a little two bit options. of an edit. It's yeah, yeah. How we do it is the actual song. <laughs> that's right. We're changing it to why today. It was better when you did that. That's the name. That's the name. It just way. became the name of the podcast, by the way. This is why we do it. <laughs> With a little... <laughs> can you put a little musical score? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. it. Okay. So then, So then, Mike, why do we do it? Okay. I, well, this is fresh on my mind. I, I just am in from driving in from Richmond, Virginia last night. Angie and I took a two day trip up there, and we we got we did. It was very church planting themed. Um, I was invited to consult with the elders and pastors of Hope Church EPC Richmond. They are a sister church of ours. They were planted a year before us in Richmond. Very, there is similar to us in theology, vibe, and relationship as possible. That pastor and I and another pastor have a monthly uh, conference call where we just talk about our lives and our work as pastors and the state of each of our churches, etc. But that church has grown, we've grown in similar sizes all through 25 years. They've now grown a click larger than us for several reasons. It was really fun for me to see. Ways they're leveraging a, a campus that has about the capacity of ours, but they're serving a few more people. Um, but they asked me to come consult on how to become a church planting church. They had started a couple of campuses, video campuses, and they've realized that's just not in our DNA. They've, they've folded those back into their congregation. They're going to begin planting daughter churches hmm. in some similar ways to we have, and they just asked me to... to consult with them what would that look like in between before i met with them, that was tuesday night so i gave an hour and a half presentation discussion a lot of back and forth why do you do the why would you want to be a church planning church and how uh, i'm not going to talk about the how here um but for on our way into town we took to lunch uh, old Sin and breed do close hmm. who uh, ministered with us for the first two years of Lake Forest Westlake's life. He was our church planting resident for two years. He's now serving as an assistant pastor in an Anglican church plant in Richmond. It's a really exciting church awesome. in downtown Richmond. We took them to dinner, just kept, we've stayed in their lives, encouraging them. And then on our way out of town, we took to lunch uh, Drew and Paige Daniels. That's a ch- He was our church planting resident t- two years ago. For two years, uh, by distance from Richmond during the pandemic, and they have now planted this funky church called Church on Boulevard in the Artsy Brewery District of Richmond, which is becoming a place. Uh, they meet in, in a Midas muffler shop. That's right. Um, That's awesome. They're a real artsy congregation. Is Anyway, we had super time over burgers and iced tea with them. Uh, just encourage it. What's there, it's a really creative new expression of hmm. the gospel, Harrison, that I would have never awesome. dreamed up. But it's serving new populations, to early twenties and early thirties population in that part of Richmond. That's really exciting to me. 
So I, I just thought, now, why do we do this? And, and um, I'm not going to go through my hour and a half presentation, obviously, with the Hope elders, Hope Church elders and pastors. We had a great time, and I did lose my voice all over again. But um, uh, one of the things that I had them read ahead of time is a five-page paper. And if you're a Lake Forest person uh, who ever prays for our church multiplication, you know, right now we're, we're, we're waiting for God to provide us with the right pastor to start Lake Forest Church Cabarrus County. And, and we're already starting to think about what's the next one and the next one. Um, because the, the Great Commission has an ambition as wide as the whole world, Harrison, um, from, from Christ. Uh, so, uh, but I just, I thought I'd, I'd uh, um, just detail out our headline. Uh, there's a five-page paper that I think has never been exceeded that just summarized, now, why plant churches again? By uh, Dr. Tim Keller written some years ago, and I'll just summarize the, the main point. I had asked the elders and pastors to read this ahead of time in Richmond, and we discussed the, the points that had resonated most with them. Um, and, but the thesis is something that, that is, is why I teach this at the master's level to pastors, how to plant churches, why our denomination has a vision for planting every church in our denomination being a parent, partner, or patron of a new church plant at all times. We're currently a parent to two and a partner to three church plants. Um, Why is this? Well, the thesis is that's agreed upon by most major denominations today is that the vigorous, continual planting of new congregations is the single most crucial strategy for the numerical growth of the body of Christ in any city um, and the continual renewal of the and revival of existing churches in any city. And then you can multiply out that out to a nation uh, or to a continent even. That nothing else, not crusades, not outreach programs, not parachurch ministry, not one or two growing, big honking mega churches, not, you know, Hurting churches getting a little bit healthier, um, uh, church renewal. None of those will have the consist have had or will have the consistent impact of dynamic, extensive establishment of new churches or church planting. This has been true for two thousand years. It's how the gospel has spread and been established um, throughout this period of time, and it's a little bit of an eyebrow raising statement to go wait what. Church planting? Yes, church planting is the specific activity that's the most crucial strategy for evangelization of a zip code, a town, a, a, a city, a metro area, or, or a state, or a country. Hmm. Now, the normal response or objections are, but but wait, we've already got a lot of churches uh, that that frankly have a lot of room. There's a lot of empty pews out there. Let them go get filled before we go off building any new ones. Um, uh, other objections, yeah, that's like the main, or help struggling churches first. Why, why would we, because what mm-hmm. if new churches, you know, what if a few people go from a struggling church to a new church? Um, shouldn't we just, um, you know, we need better churches, not more churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some of that's out of, it takes resources to start a new church, you know, a, a uh, uh, the initiating pastor and team's 
need to feed their families. <laughs> mm-hmm. For example, it costs money to rent the YMCA for Lake Forest U City. So it takes resources, which is part of the reason sometimes to have objections that you need to generate resources that don't exist. And those statements appear to be common sense to church people a lot of times, but they rest on some wrong assumptions. Um, and so let's just for a few minutes, because if you're at Lake Forest Church Huntersville, um, what part you're participating in a church in a multiplying church, and I hope you have esteem over. I hope it's one of the reasons you love your church. I hope you brag on your church. I do when I can do it without it sounding like I'm bragging on myself because that's ugly. But I'm proud of our church being a multiplying church. Um, we are not just about the extension of our name and our fame. Hmm. <laughs> we we want to lift up Terrell and Victor and Michael and Aaron and their churches and their church names. And and this Sunday, we'll celebrate what's happening in the two that are having their birthday, yep. um, even while we reach more people here. So why is it so crucially important? And I'm going to give a number of reasons here. And Harrison, is it okay if I just sort of shotgun them? I need to, but help me. Help me talk softly so <laughs> that I good. don't ruin my voice again. I'll throw something at you if it's okay, getting out of control. Okay. But let's excuse, do it. Shotgun excuse style. Excuse me, you all. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put put you to sleep three different ways. I'm going to give you facts, a bunch of facts. That'll put you to sleep. Number two, I'm going to talk like this. Uh, so I'm sorry. It's NPR um, style. Yeah. NPR with Mike. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of Angie and I's favorite skits on Saturday Night Live for itself. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday Night Live has not been known for subtlety, but those skits uh, are subtle. Okay, number one, we want to plant churches because we want to be true to the biblical mandate. Um, Virtually all of the great evangelistic challenges of the New Testament are basically, Harrison, calls to plant churches, not simply to share the faith. Mm -hmm. It is to share the faith. When Jesus says, go and make disciples, okay, yeah, that's about sharing the faith. And when we talk about that on a Sunday, hopefully all of us are sitting there going, in what way am I going in my everyday life and making disciples? Um, But that great commission, it it is to make disciples, but it, it includes baptizing, teachings, and in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament, it's very clear. Let's just take the specificity of baptism. That means incorporation into a worshiping community of Christ followers that has accountability and boundaries. That's throughout the book of Acts, starting in verse 2. Mm-hmm. And the only way to truly be sure that you're making more disciples, plural, baptizing them and they're being taught all that Jesus has commanded is to increase them is for them to be folded into a church and to increase the number of churches a lot of traditional evangelism or we're familiar with the generation before us of crusade evangelism aimed to get a lot of decisions for Jesus but experience shows that a lot of those decisions disappeared and did not result in changed lives because while they may have been conversions, um, often uh, it did not lead into getting into the context of an ongoing worshiping and shepherding community. Mm. And only that is really bring, being brought home into being a thriving disciple. And so this is why the lead, a leading missiologist of the last generation, Peter Wagner, could say, Quote, planting new churches is the most effective evangelistic methodology known under heaven. 
Uh, that baptism is an ordinance for the church. It's not something we do randomly. <laughs> and so go and make disciples. Baptizing them is saying go and plant churches. Now, people would push back and go, but Jesus didn't say plant. He didn't say church. And and so the most um, decisive to me is for them to ask us, ask them, okay, okay, that could be debatable if all we had is the Great Commission. Uh, what did Jesus mean? What did he in, what did he intend for us to do? Um, we could debate that a lot, except that we know exactly what the eleven people and and that probably more of the disciples were there, but we know the eleven apostles were there. What did they do? What did they understand, Harrison? Have you ever thought about this? What did they understand Jesus to be telling them to do? Also, when he then in Acts chapter one. He gave the bulletized version of the Great Commission, and he said, Go be my witnesses. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the mm-hmm. earth. So put those two together, those Great Commissions. What did they understand Jesus to be telling them to do? In other words, what did they go do? Start, um, start community. They went, mm-hmm. they started churches, is the mm-hmm. right answer, Harrison. Well, church. church community, yeah, but yeah. I, <laughs> you read the book of Acts, and, and all it's just a story hmm. of church after church after church after church after church after church being started. Hmm. Um, th- that's what, and you, uh, frankly, Paul and Barnabas could have been like, you know, the Jerusalem church is not perfect yet. It could be better. They're they're having a struggle with legalism. That's true. You see that in the document, New Testament documents. They haven't reached everybody yet. You see that that's true in the New Testament documents. There's persecution from people who are not yet Christians. <laughs> um, they haven't. They're not taking care of the poor perfectly yet. That's true. You see that in the Book of Acts. The first conflict in the church is how well or poorly they're taking care of poor widows in Jerusalem. Instead, they continued to understand Jesus' commission was to start new churches uh, continuously. Um, so uh, all, all that to say, um, so I'm, that's a thesis. I believe that's an ought. I think that's crystal clear from Scripture. And for a church that's medium to large, we're a very large church that has anything like the people and the ministry and the momentum and the financial resources we have I believe we can do none other than uh, um, uh, follow what the um, the church in where were Paul and Barnabas sent out from Um, Antioch, the Antioch church, where they sent out Paul and Barnabas, and then from then on, churches have been sending out to plant new churches forever. And that's we're just trying to be in that model. Now, a response might be, "Well, that was in the beginning, but we're in America." Is filled with churches. Why is church planning important now? You know, I get it in, maybe in the Middle East. And by the way, Lake Forest, if you give at Lake Forest, we're about to give an update. We are participating in the evangelization and the planting of a new church in southern Egypt right now in, in Luxor, Egypt. Mm. We just got an update. We uh, At some point, we'll update everyone. That's exciting. But how about here? Well, now I'll try to be briefer. Okay, Harrison, I'll just give these main points because I think everybody will, will get it. Um, why do we do it here? Well, we, we continue to plant churches because 
We want to continue to be true to the Great Commission the way I just described it. Mm. Number one, new churches best reach new generations, new residents, and new people groups, mm. period. Mm. New, they best reach new generations, new residents, and new people groups. The, the first two of that, Lake Forest is that story. We are exhibit A <laughs> in the dictionary of, of that statement. New churches best reach new generations. We, in 1998, we began enculturating the gospel to a Gen X spirit. Now, Gen X, um, millennials, <laughs> and now Gen Z, but also new residents. That's been more our forte. Mm-hmm. We reach new residents who aren't necessarily, don't find their way into existing churches that when we started were had a rural flavor. Uh and new populations were moving in who had more of a metro flavor to their lives, and um, and they connected in more to a church like ours. Hmm. But in new people groups, our starting El Buen Samaritano is reaching people in the Huntington Green neighborhood who were not being reached by existing churches. Long-established congregations develop traditions like time of worship, length of service, emotional response, sermon, leadership style, emotional atmosphere— Thousands of other other tiny customs and mores that reflect the sensibilities of longtime leaders from older generations who have the influence and the money, and they frankly control the church life. Hmm. And that doesn't reach younger generations as well. Um, And new residents are almost always reached better by new congregations. Um, For example, especially in Lake Norman, there's a leadership type of person that moves here. And in an older congregation, it might take 10 years to be in a church before you're allowed into any place of influence hmm. or leadership. And in a new church, new residents tend to have equal power with longtime area residents. Um, but also new socio-cultural groups in a community are always reached better by new congregations. Um, a, a second rationale here is new churches best reach the unchurched, period. Hmm. Dozens of denominational studies have confirmed the average new church gains most of its new members, 60 to 80 percent, from the ranks of people who are not attending any worshiping body, while churches over 10 to 15 years of age gain 80 or 90 percent of new members by transfer from other congregations. This means that the average new congregation, if you can do that math, will bring six to eight times more new people into the life of the body of Christ than an older congregation of the same size. And while we here at Lake Forest at 25 years old, we are still above average as an evangelistic congregation. We see a lot of people come from the ranks of the unchurched. Maybe they already were a Christian, but they've fallen out of fellowship with God and his people, or they're not a Christian at all. We still see a pretty high rate of reaching the unchurched here. It's not nearly as high as when we were a first 10 years church plant or any of our church plants in their first 15 years. Hmm. Um, I could give you a lot of reasons behind that, but I think I'll, I'll skip on. Uh, a, a, another good reason for starting new churches, not only do new churches reach new generations, new residents, and new populations well, not only do they reach the unchurched better. That's why, to me, that's the... Uh, make that in, that reason in bold print and red letters because that's old. That's really the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. 
new churches are more evangelistic by nature for all the reasons you would know. Um, very few people, uh, yeah, uh, for all the reasons you would think, and that makes it the rationale of the Great Commission. But one, another couple of reasons, uh, and, and this one is, well, one other main reason is new churches lead to the continual renewing of the whole body of Christ. We don't have to choose between new church planting and church renewal. Strange as it seems, Keller especially brought this out, uh, and and it's been proven true over and over, um, that the planting of new churches in a city is one of the very best ways to revitalize many older churches in the vicinity and renew the whole body of Christ. Why? Number one, first, new churches bring new ideas to the whole body. Innovation happens in new churches, right? Um, uh, and, and then, I, I um, and then those ideas get see. So, so, for example, in the '80s, very famously, Willow Creek Church in Chicago started a church for unchurched people. Well, the church all across North America hadn't thought about doing that for decades. And everybody didn't become a Willow Creek Church, but all of a sudden it got in the water of church leadership. How are you thinking about how you do church in a way that makes it comprehensible to unchurched people? And tons of existing churches got better, Harrison, because of the challenge of a new church that was experimental. That's number two. Number one, for new churches bring new ideas to the whole body. Number two, New churches are one of the best ways to surface creative, strong leaders for the whole body um, that then get utilized later on in, in existing churches. Number three, new churches challenge other churches to self-examination. The success of new churches challenges older congregations in general to evaluate themselves in substantial ways. And sometimes it's only in contrast with new younger churches in a community that older churches can actually face the music and define their own vision, specialties, and identity. And sometimes that gives an older church hope that, you know what, it could be done and might bring about humility and repentance for defeatist and pessimistic attitudes. I can give a lot of examples of that. Um, uh, number four, the new church may be an evangelistic feeder for a whole community. That's okay sometimes. If a new church is just great at evangelism, and then after a while, uh, some of those excited new Christians are like, dude, all they care about are new believers here. And then they find their way into a church that's better at disciple-making. That's okay, too. And then ultimately, church planting is great as an exercise in kingdom-mindedness. When we uh, uh, contribute to a church plant that is not one that we started, but we just want to be a welcoming presence to Pastor Davis's church, the L, or another church in the area. It just demonstrates kingdom-mindedness that we're not just about building up the name and fame of Lake Forest Church, but the church with a big C of Jesus Christ. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, why we're a church-planting church. I'd love to go further and deeper into that uh, with you all. But I, I'm newly energized driving back from Richmond about why do we do this? Why, why do we give away people and time and effort and resources? Everybody at Lake Forest, 3% of our giving goes to that instead of more ministry here. Oh, yeah. 
Ultimately, it's, it's our corporate obedience to the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. And we appreciate you all for being partners in it with us because every, every handful of years, you know, we're going to identify some of our best of the best leaders and go like, hey, uh, we're doing a new thing. And we send them out and then we replace them with new people from it. So the cycle of just bringing new people into it is nonstop here, which is awesome. Some of our uh, leaders and servants are at all four or five of our daughter churches thriving there they, they have more influence there than they would have had here mm-hmm. and we gave them away it hurt my feelings at the time <laughs> that's right however biblically it overjoyed me yep. that we were able to give as jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive and we see that regarding the starting of new churches hey thanks for listening to the the ask lfc podcast we'll talk to you next week